Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing it every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from the Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. This is episode number 1,492, and boy, I hope I have this correct, because this is leading to what my show is going to be about today. 1492, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Now, it's not Columbus Day. In fact, it's the day before Thanksgiving, and, and a day that supposedly the settlers and pilgrims worked alongside the Native American tribes. It's probably not a day to bring up Columbus, who I'm going to go out on a limb here and say is not a particularly positive person in the history of Native American tribes. He was kind of an a-hole. One of the things he noted was, hey, uh, these natives here are really uh, docile and they're really compliant. We can make slaves out of them really fast. Nice guy. But he's someone who has a lot of help. Well, things are named after him and everything. And one of the things that are, uh, that are named after him is the city of Columbus, Ohio. Now, Columbus, Ohio is a place I, I can't claim to be an expert on Columbus, Ohio. It is the, it, it's the capital of Ohio. Boom. And it is a city that is the third largest city in the state, behind Cleveland and behind Cincinnati. But not the metropolitan area of Columbus is not that much smaller than Cleveland. They're roughly the same size. And the metropolitan Columbus area is larger in population than Milwaukee, FYI. It's interesting. Our, what, how we think of a city, a city, is it a major city or is it a minor city? Is it a metropolis or is it a, you know, a nice sized place, but you know, not, not huge. And in many ways you think people think about, at least for people like me, you think about the size and the, uh, I guess for the lack of a better word, the the importance, the influence of a city is based a lot on a sports team. Not whether or not a sports team wins or loses or anything like that, but rather, is a, does a city have a sports team representing them? It's a major league city. It's a minor league city. That, comes, that, that notion comes from what level of baseball team plays there. And in so many ways, one of the reasons that the sports franchises, football, king, uh, baseball and basketball, and hockey to a lesser degree, uh, and soccer to a much lesser degree, the idea of a city having a major sports team is such a, well, for the lack of a better term, is such a chip in the hands of a sports franchise to have over the city because of the identity that it has, because of the attention that a sports team has, because people think, oh, you're from Cleveland, you bring up the LeBron, oh, you're from Chicago, oh, those Cubs, you know, I mean, you know, from New England, 
you're going to bring up, you know, for you know, the Boston area is going to bring up a ton of animosity because of all the recent championships and everything like that of all the Boston teams. And so there is a sense of if a team, if a city has a team, then there is a identity, a national identity that goes along with that. That may be apocryphal, but you think about what the major cities are, they all are very well represented in the world of sports. I'm just taking the uh, metropolitan areas. This is the top 10. Uh, New York. New York is pretty well represented. I don't think I'm saying anything out of school there. Uh, Los Angeles and the metropolitan area includes Anaheim. So that includes the Angels and the Ducks. That includes the Rams now, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, the Dodgers, and whatever the hell the uh, the the soccer team is. I'm I, I'm I'm not going to include soccer yet because I don't think we're there. But you know, Chicago, boom, Dallas, boom, Houston, boom, Washington and Northern Virginia, boom, Philadelphia, boom, Miami, boom, Atlanta, boom, Boston, boom. And a little further down, you have San Francisco, which actually, what I'm listing this this list of the metropolitan areas does not include. The South Bay with that, and I think that's a little strange. Well, that should be San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, and that'll probably put that further up in the list there. But you take a look, there's a couple, you know, most of these um, cities that you have here are very well represented in the world of sports. Riverside is not, in terms of metropolitan population, that's number 13 here larger than Detroit, larger than Seattle, but most people would associate Riverside and San Bernardino and Ontario, that whole region, as being a, um, an extension of the Los Angeles area. Um, but you go down the line, I mean, almost all the big cities here, when you get down to the 30s, are, are pretty well represented. The major, Riverside and Austin are the two major cities that are not represented in the top 30-some-odd here. But Columbus, it has no major league team. It has, in terms of baseball, it has one major sports franchise, and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I remember when they expanded into Columbus, it was strange, but it was like it became the hockey team of Ohio. It's, it sort of splits the difference both geographically and psychologically, between Cincinnati and Cleveland. But when you take a look at like where major league cities are, what the major league franchises, where they exist, you know, in many ways, it's still living and operating in a time, in a time frozen, and that was the late 19th century, early 20th century. The, when you take a look at the population growth of the uh, metropolitan areas in the United States, of the top 35 of them, only two are seeing a decrease in population. That is Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And there are several cities like Orlando, like San Antonio, like Charlotte, like Portland, that don't have a Major League Baseball franchise and Pittsburgh and Cleveland do. And you look at where, you know, the idea of moving a traditional franchise like Cleveland, like Pittsburgh, like Philadelphia may seem sacrilegious, but in some way, why, would, why wouldn't it? 
if the population is moving elsewhere. That's why franchises started to move. That's why you saw after the 1940s, populations moved elsewhere and baseball moved elsewhere. You move the Braves to Milwaukee, you move the Dodgers and Giants out. You know, west, it's the change of population. But in some ways, you want to keep a team in Cleveland and all these other places because it harkens back to the tradition. It harkens back to these are the major league cities when major league baseball really coalesced. But I wonder if there was a sense of, you know, if certain decisions were made at one point or another to put a team here as opposed to there, if psychologically we would look at a team in a city differently. What do I mean by that? The American League was formed to be a rival league to the National League. They were two different leagues. They were not interconnected. They didn't have any sort of interaction at all until the first World Series, which was the third season in the American League's existence. So the idea was not, hey, there's a National League team here, so they have that market, so we'll put another team somewhere else. They competed with them head-to-head. There's the Cardinals in St. Louis, we're going to put the Browns there. The Braves are in Boston, we're going to put the Red Sox there. The Dodgers and uh, Giants are in the New York metropolitan area, we'll put the Yankees there. They were called the Highlanders. Shut up, I'm trying to make this easier for everyone to understand. And so, if they had put teams in other cities instead of going head-to-head with the National League, would we be looking at some other cities as a traditional baseball hub and a major league city? Would we be looking at them way back then in the beginning of the 20th century? Would there be cities that we would sort of have an aura of being a major league, uh, uh, being a major league team, being a major league city? Which brings us back to Columbus, the city, not Christopher. Now, going to the Columbus Clippers site, and the Columbus Clippers are the minor league affiliate for a long time the affiliate of the Yankees because George Steinbrenner was from Ohio and they wanted to have the Yankees' top minor league franchise in Ohio. I I don't quite understand the logic behind that, but that's where they were. And they have here the history of baseball in Columbus on their site, and it's very interesting. And there's the, the Civil War brought the baseball to Columbus and the Buckeyes were the first professional team and uh, there was uh, the Buckeyes play as a part of the history of Columbus. The Buckeyes played their first game on April 6th at the edge of town on the corner of Broad Street and Parson Avenues on the ground of the Franklin County Insane Asylum. That's right. Columbus baseball started at an insane asylum. But when you started scrolling down here, I started reading more about this. I saw that for a while you saw the, the there was a um, Columbus team that was in the National League. And then there was a Columbus team that was in the Western League. What, what is the significance of the Western League? The Western League was a minor league. There were lots of minor leagues out there. 
the National League, there was the American Association, which was kind of a major league for a while, but the National League was considered to be the major league. That was what you aimed for. And there were a lot of other local minor leagues along the way. And one of them was the Western League, as I mentioned. And they had teams scattered across what was considered to be the West. And this is, I'm talking about the late 19th century. And you had teams in like Sioux City, Iowa. You had teams in Milwaukee, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Kansas City, Toledo, Buffalo, Minneapolis, Indianapolis, Omaha, Nebraska, St. Joseph, Missouri, uh, and, yes, Columbus. Now, Columbus was one of the teams that the team franchises moved around a bunch, and the Toledo team moved to Columbus, and at one point, then they moved to Buffalo, and then the Omaha team moved to Columbus. So there was a lot of malleable franchises there. Now, the reason I'm bringing up this obscure minor league is because that league still exists, except now it has a different name. The name it has now is the American League. Ban Johnson took over this league and said, do you know what? We're going to take this ragtag bunch of teams and we're going to take on the National League. And some of these franchises are going to be transferred to other cities, more major cities. Now, the Detroit Tigers were a Western League team. There was a National League team in Detroit, and that folded, and so they stuck a Western League team there. The Detroit Tigers have existed from the beginning of the Western League in the 1890s to right now. But everyone else became other franchises. The Sioux City franchise was moved to Chicago and became the White Sox. The Milwaukee franchise was transferred to St. Louis and became the Browns, ultimately they became the Orioles. The Grand Rapids Rustlers were transferred to Cleveland, and they were called the Blues, and now they're called the Indians. The Kansas City Blues were transferred to Washington, and they became the Senators. The Columbus Buckeyes were transferred to Buffalo, but they disbanded. And the Buffalo and um, the Buffalo Bisons were dropped. That team that was the the team that was Columbus became Buffalo. The team that was Buffalo was disbanded and reorganized to become a club now known as the Boston Red Sox. Minneapolis and Indianapolis were both dropped when they became the American League. Now think about that. The team that is now the Red Sox is a distant relative to a team that played in Columbus. The Cleveland team is a direct descendant of Grand Rapids. The Twins, the Kansas City became the Senators who became the Twins. The Twins are a direct descendant to a team in Kansas City. Now what if instead of taking on the National League, they decide to take on the National League, not in their home, but in the other markets. Or maybe they would have established a couple of places, like maybe New York and Chicago, but then branch out to these other cities and take on there. Would Now, eventually teams did end up in Minneapolis and Kansas City, but would those be considered major league cities at that point? 
Would we be looking at Grand Rapids, Michigan or Sioux City, Iowa as major league cities if they had a major league franchise there? And Columbus, if you had a team smack dab in the middle of Ohio, would we be looking at these cities as traditional large cities based upon a major league that found its way there? I actually don't know the answer to that. Perhaps it could not be a major league franchise. Maybe those cities didn't grow and become the large you know, uh, cities that they ultimately became. But essentially a lot of how we look at what a large city is, what a major city is, what a traditional city is, is frozen in time while Theodore Roosevelt was president and the Cubs were winning multiple World Series. That our view of what a major city is and a minor city is, is directly linked to where they put a damn team over 115 years ago. And what if they put it in Columbus? What if the decision to move Sioux City to Chicago or what if, or Grand Rapids to Cleveland, what if that decision was instead of Cleveland, it was to Columbus? Or Buffalo wasn't disbanded? Or they put something in Indianapolis? How would we look at that franchise and how would we look at those cities today? Columbus, as you think of, if you think of it at all, as the capital of Ohio. And if you're a hockey fan, the home of the Blue Jackets. Now, the thing about hockey and basketball is that those cities that have the teams there, you can have a smaller city have a big team. You can have a team in Winnipeg or Edmonton. You can have a team in Sacramento or San Antonio or Orlando, for that matter. But Orlando is a bigger city uh, in terms of the metropolitan area than Kansas City or Cleveland. Sacramento is larger than them, too. So our image and our opinion of what a major city is is frozen in time in so many ways. And also, with that, the ability for a team's loyalty to travel. When you stop and you think about the growth of cities in Florida and in Arizona, for example, when you plop a franchise there, sometimes they have difficulty drawing fans and building a fan base. Not because they don't put a good product on the field. Hell, the... Marlins and the Diamondbacks have won three World Series since 1997. In that period of time, the city of Los Angeles, the Dodgers, have not won one. Yeah, the Cubs have won one since 1908, and the Marlins have won two since 1997. They can put a good product on the field. They can put a championship on the field. But building up the fan base has been tough because people feel connections to their where they're, either they came from or where their parents came from. And in the migrations that take place within America, that links back to the cities where, where they came from, their ancestors. It's funny, when I lived in Massachusetts all those years, people could identify as 
you know, I'm Irish in descent, I'm Italian in descent, I'm Polish in descent, I'm, you know, uh, Russian in descent, or whatever, Portuguese. And when I moved to California, I saw that people did not feel the same connection to Ireland or to Italy or to wherever, but they felt the connection is, oh, I, my family comes from Pennsylvania, my, my family comes from Massachusetts. And I have that exact same feeling. I don't feel an intense connection to Ireland or to Italy, even though that's where you know, my ancestors are from there and Germany. But I feel a tremendous connection to New England, where I was born and raised. Now think about if someone was born and raised, or for a family that was born and raised, in Columbus. If a team had existed there, or exists there now, would that be the sort of team and the sort of city that people feel an attachment to? That pride comes from that. Hell, one of my best friends in the world, one of the stars of I'll Believe You, the film I directed, Patrick Gallo, is, the, is, is really not a big sports fan at all. He's from Buffalo, and even he has a connection and a pride towards the Bills and to the Sabres because it becomes part of the team's identity, the city's identity. You don't feel that from Columbus, but maybe it's because it doesn't have generations of roots the way Boston does, the way Pittsburgh does. I know someone, a woman from Pittsburgh that I know, and she's a, a very funny comedic actress in Los Angeles. And she's never moving back to Pittsburgh. That's where she's from. And yet she'll put the Steelers hat on. She'll put the Penguins hat on. She'll put the Pirates hat on because of the connection you feel. That you can look back and say, that's where I'm from. That's where my heritage is from. And the shorthand of that is a sports team, a major sports team. And with that in mind, would we see more people saying, I'm from Columbus or Columbus in the house or whatever, if borderline arbitrarily in 1901, Van Johnson decided to say, do you know what? That franchise, it's going to stay in Columbus. It's not going to move on. We're not going to replace it with this and have it merge with that and suddenly have it become the Boston Red Sox. Who knows? I don't know, and you don't know. What I do know is for episode number 1492, 1492, I can't help but wonder if the identity and our even thinking of Columbus, the thought of Columbus in our brain, could have been changed if arbitrarily something had been different in 1901. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 23rd day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.